everyone, and welcome to A Nightmare on Fear Street. A monstrous podcast about all things horror. If you like what you hear today, then you can follow us on all of the usual socials or subscribe to our Patreon for bonus content and merch. You can find all of that by visiting us at allmylinks.com backslash A Nightmare on Fear Street or in our episode descriptions wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Today, we are covering Pumpkinhead. Damn right we are, because we love the 80s, and I love this movie. Whoop, whoop! I'm a Pumpkinhead stan account. I have a t-shirt. Um, I, I've i been waiting for this to start this podcast. Happy to be here. <laughs> and this is the first time I have seen it. So, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Which is wild to me, because like you've seen some 80s movies, and I don't know yeah. how this one's missed people's radars all the time. Yeah, I don't know. I just... Yeah, I, I know. I've heard you talk about it, and I've heard you talk about it with like jazz and and all that. But I just have never seen it, so I was happy with the watch. I think that, I, you know, is it my favorite movie I've seen all of all time? No, but it's a good time. There's a lot of things that to, that's working here. Jazz was the first person I'm not related to that had seen the movie that I talked to because again, I'm always recommending her, and people are like, "Oh, I should watch that." Which is why I didn't know that there were four movies now. I knew about the first two, but I didn't know about these new two that had come out on for made for TV. And so, like, I, I'm hoping that this gets a resurrection because, like, Uncle Lance is always around. We're always talking about everything he's ever done. He's got, like, that's one of my notes, actually. If he's not in the Guinness Book of World Records, I don't know who has more credits than him because the man stays in the fucking genre. Get it. Like, you know, he. I- I thought he was the dude from Scream 3 for a minute, but I don't think he is. I think he was in Scream 3, though. Is he the producer? I think so. Okay. I thought I was crazy for a little bit. Pull up his resume. He's everywhere. He's here. Right he's now. there. He's every fucking rare. Like the Roy, <laughs> the Roy chant from Ted Lasso could very well be Lance. If you say genre, he says when. He does not ask questions. <laughs> he does not ask what kind of genre. What subgenre? He's like, when? When, where, how? Uh, yep, he is John Milton in Scream 3. I thought so. He looks like it. Like, he's touched most franchises now. Like, I know he was an alien. Um, I might be making him up on Terminator. Let me open up his resume. Because, again, who has There's more so genre much. credits than Lance? Nobody. He is. He's in, well, he's in a deleted scene. Okay, so maybe I did make it up. Maybe I saw it on, like, a DVD, DVD way back or something. when. Because again, yeah. I'm just I'm used to him being every fucking where, and so when he's not there, it feels weird. Right. Like this man, according to Wikipedia, is 82 years old, and he is still every fucking where. He's yeah. His last credit on here is 2023. Listen, listen. I just scrolled through this Wikipedia list and damn, um, again. Oh, he's in the quarry. Oh yeah, he is. Yeah, I just played that game. I should have thought about that. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like I just close encountered the third kind, Damien Omen two, um, the visitor, which I don't know if that's one of the scarier ones or not. The dark end of the street, Piranha two, like the just I just bops on bops on bops. He's right. been in a couple alien movies. My bad. Look, <laughs> and Near Dark, which is on Shutter. If y'all, at the time of this recording, it's on Shutter. If it's still on Shutter and you've not seen Near Dark, please do. So, I will say, the beginning of this movie was interesting with the 
flat. Well, I say flashback, but it's not really a flashback. The like ye olden times scene. The nineteenth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's ye olden times, right? Um, <laughs> I thought it was really interesting that they bring up this question of risking your own safety, the safety of your loved ones, to to help someone who's clearly like in need or in danger at the time remember i had never seen this before so in hindsight that dude totally did it like he killed that little girl but because that's what pumpkin heads after him but at the time i I, when i read the note i was like oh this is really an interesting way to start a film with this really hard question of yeah i feel for this dude they clearly know him they clearly he's in the community with them and he's in danger and needs help. But do you risk your own safety and the safety of your family to help someone else? And I think it's really, I think there are some easy answers out there, but I don't necessarily know. I don't know where I fall on it. I don't know. I don't think it's an easy answer, but I do think you're more the Paul Abdul. Cause I was like stranger danger. Get the fuck off my porch. Um, <laughs> I I think that it's one of those things that it does come up because a lot of people just ignore people who are in need, um, mm-hmm. which is why our unhoused population is fucking wild. Um, it's why so many people get harassed on the streets and on buses and people just sit by and let people fight for right. themselves. Right. Um, it's why we live in a country that refuses to acknowledge that guns are not necessary um, mm-hmm. or give help to people who have addiction issues. Like mm-hmm. it, the lack of empathy is a real thing, but I, in this particular case, I felt like that family was protecting their family because apparently that was the only three people left in that family line. Um, right. Because he doesn't seem to have siblings, and his wife or girlfriend seems to be dead. Which is just him and the kid when we cut forward. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why his kid is his world. Like I, yeah, and so. Well, and I will say, I, you know. The better part of me wants to say, yeah, I would help them no matter what. But then I'm like, but would I? If push comes to shove, I don't think I, I probably, I don't know. I really don't know. Like, I think that it's more, I think that it's more noble when you're protecting someone to not put yourself in that situation, which is what that man was doing. And he does have a kid and a wife in that home. And so like, I'm not, I'm not so mad at him, especially because you can't stop the pumpkin head. The pumpkin head's that girl. She coming, yeah, she's getting away, she's coming for you. And so <laughs> I I too would be like, what's done is done, bitch. But like, I think right. that I have a bigger bone to pick with people who see people in danger and they know they can de-escalate the situation and they just sort of mm. sit back and watch it. But that again is me coming mm. as a person who's written public conversation for eons and I'm always having to be like, get your fucking hands off me and nobody cares. Right. Well, and I will say, I think too, you're right. It is different since he is protecting his wife and child and not just like if it was him home alone, it might, I might look at it differently. Like, you know, I don't know. I still don't know. If well, it was him home alone instance. and it was a normal circumstance, then maybe I would be like, get the fuck up and help Lori Strode. But right. again, Pumpkinhead is a different beast because you true. cannot stop it. There, There's literally no way to stop it other than to kill the person who summoned it. And they're not going to run after and fight with whoever it was because they're just like, justice is justice. Also, this is a small town and like they don't seem to have a whole lot like doctors. So they probably don't have like a formal, um, a formal legal system. 
And so like, while we typically frown upon like these towns going rogue, I think that if you have a thing going down and you go see the witch to get your revenge as a Gemini, I respect that. Um, <laughs> I would like a pumpkin head. Um, I would like three pumpkin heads, actually. <laughs> right. Well, and it does help that I think the things that we see are very much, could be seen as fair justice to get what happened to you. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have someone going to the witch to be like, this black woman stole my white husband, so let's kill her. It Like, no, it's you killed somebody. <laughs> They're not being petty like I would be, because I'd be like, this bitch cut me off in the grocery line. Get her. But like, <laughs> um, they are going for real reasons. Like, these... These kids, in quotation marks, because they all are old. They is all old. Old these, as fuck. Listen, they is old no fucking better. But all these supposed kids, um, they got what they got, and they got what they deserve. Because literally, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. If you're rolling around with somebody who is a trash bag, and you are okaying their behavior, you don't get to be like, well, I'm different. If you out here watching him do all this fucked up shit and kill kids. Right. I he's drunk driving and it's just like well that's my brother I have a brother I've not spoken to in almost 20 years you know I sleep at night just fine when my family doesn't fight me um. <laughs> <laughs> and I will say I do I feel like this father son duo yeah Lance well, oh his character name that's different <laughs> oh yeah Ed that's his character yes. Ed Harley yeah, Ed, Ed Harley and and his son, that I don't know if he was, but he looks like the son from, uh, what's that movie with the mouse that I watched as a kid? Stuart Little. I don't, I think, I don't because, think it is. Because of that year gap, I, it can't be, because this was in 88. Yeah. Right. But it, he looks like him. They could be brothers, maybe. But uh, father, son, I don't know. Anyway. But I did, I really felt for the father when the son is killed. I felt for him more than I felt for the father from Pet Cemetery. That's fair, because that actor is not Lance Henderson, and that's his own fault. Um, I ah. the, the other thing is, Lance comes in, like, giving you the story. Like, we see that he's a good dad, which as a kid, fucked me up. I'm like, do those exist? Is this like a unicorn? Are these a fairy tale? What we doing, pumpkin right. here? Um, but he's a good dad. Like, he makes time for his son. Everything his son does is amazing. Everything is, he does is for his son. Um, this feed store he's running is so he can put food on the table. Like he, he's got this dog he probably doesn't really want. He's telling him all these stories. He's wearing this like weird ass necklace his kid made him. And he's like, it's the best thing I've ever fucking seen. And so like when he comes back and he's like, something might be wrong with my son. And he sees him, that turn, that is acting. That is acting. We take Lance for granted sometimes because he's everywhere. And so we're like, oh yeah, he's doing the things. But this is one of my favorite roles I've seen him in because again, he's giving us a performance and a story arc for this character that while we love Stan Winston and we love everything Stan Winston can do and that like, this is this is his directorial debut is like fucking fantastic. But like I don't know if this movie deserved this performance, this caliber of performance. And I think that's part of the reason why it's such a damn good movie because Lance is like, I got it. I know this plan. I know this man. What? I'm not even drinking yet. <laughs> Lance is like, I know this man, I know this family situation, I know this town, let's go. And yeah. he makes it worth it. Because a lot of the times people get an actor that people know attached to a script just to have a name. And it's usually the wrong fit. Or it's just like, ugh, nobody likes Ben Affleck anymore. Why are you still doing this to us? But like, 
<laughs> but like Lance is just like Uncle Lance. And he's like, I got it. It's fine. I'm worth it. Let's attach my name to it and do it. Yeah. And so I have a question. Mm-hmm. Are these pumpkins growing demons now? Is that what this is? Is that how the pumpkin head is created? Is it growing from pumpkins? I'm confused. Them dark-sided pumpkins. I <laughs> All I know is that witch had seen some things. I I wanted to be the witch as a kid, which is no surprise to anybody who's ever met me. Um, <laughs> and I wrote down one of her lines specifically because he's like, God damn you, woman, what have you done? And, oh no, he, he says, God damn you, woman. And she's like, he already has, son. He already has. <laughs> I did enjoy the anti-Christian language in this film. Yes. I, I clocked another line later Later? No, earlier, I think. When the kids are like, when they're first being attacked by Pumpkinhead, but they don't really know what it is yet. And one of the girls is like, the only thing we can do is pray for God's help. And the other girl's like, well, I'm going to do this in case God don't come. (laughs) (laughs) I like that the bitch who saw her boyfriend get snatched up, went back to the house, told everybody, started praying immediately. She was like, no, there's nothing. He's coming for us. I'm telling you what I've seen. We're done. We're dead. We can't fight whatever that fucking is. Look. (laughs) But yeah, I was like, if God don't show up, what the hell are you going to do? You got to do something. Listen, listen, listen. Um, You got to help yourself sometimes, Judy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, no, again, this is one of the movies I grew up with. Like, I'm sure it had to be like in the first 30, 40 movies I saw as a kid. Again, I don't know which ones I saw first, but this is one of my earliest impressions of horror can be cool. Um, and it's also probably why I fucks with horror where feelings are bigger than our bodies and wreak havoc because this man's grief was so big. He turned to the only person that could help. And he was like, that's my soul for my son. Let's go. Um, and again, like these kids were getting what they deserved. They fucking got what they deserved. I feel bad for none of them. And I wish he hadn't sacrificed himself to save them. (laughs) Right. I will say, too, I thought that the effects of this film were super cool. Specifically, the, like, I don't know what else to call it, but the birth of Pumpkinhead. Yes. I was like, that, this is so fucking cool. Because you see the little, like, creature. It starts little, like, all crumpled up and everything. And it just, like, kind of builds and comes to life and to this huge, I don't even know what to call it, monster person thing. Like, because Stan Winston... Stan Winston did creature design for so long. Um, I think, and again, I think there's another reason why I love that this is his first directorial feature is because like, you know, the effects are going to be fucking badass if nothing else. And so you show up and you get a story that actually makes sense, even more sense than a lot of movies that are coming out today. Um, and you get a performance from Lance that is like, again, my favorite, even though I'm probably just biased because this is my bitch. Um, <laughs> um, and you also get the Stan Winston creatures with the, with the ooze and the alien effectish shit and the movement and the shoulders, I live. Yeah. Yeah, I see. I see that for sure. Um, and I'm assuming this is like a person in a bodysuit, right? Yeah, because like it was the 80s. They were not right. CGI. They, they were pew, pew, lasers. Um, <laughs> no. I'm trying to see if he's listed. And no, that's another thing they like about the eighties, which is where we're parked is because a lot of this stuff is practicals Mm -hmm. because getting special effects 
as clunky as they were back then, were still expensive as fuck. And so a lot of these filmmakers are like, we got to figure the fuck out. Get some Vaseline and let's go. It's Vaseline and lube, y'all. Vaseline and lube. Listen, you get it at the cup and go. Listen, KY should have been sponsored for half these movies. I... <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. But I do love that um, Pumpkinhead does like an alien creature, like from the franchise, mm-hmm. not just like any generic alien, y'all. Because um, <laughs> I know people would be like, bitch, what you mean? Which alien? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, he does, though, and that's that's true. I didn't catch that as I was watching it, but I definitely see, now that I look back on it, yeah, for sure. It's part of the reason why when I was a kid, I didn't know that like these were separate movies from just like the pictures. Because you walk in and people watch this shit and you're like, wait, which one is this? And Lance Hendricks Hendricks isn't in every one of them. And so you're like, wait, which one? Okay, we're not in space. It's Pumpkinhead. I'm going to sit down. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Agreed. I will say, too, I thought it was really interesting pacing and storytelling wise that aside from the opening, and even in the opening, you don't see Pumpkinhead. uh, The monster isn't even really introduced. Well, the monster you see the monster of the kids, kids in quotation marks, uh, <laughs> earlier. <laughs> but the monster of the film is not really introduced till like over halfway through the movie. And I, I'm not necessarily against that because I got, we got so much great character building. And I think that's why I, I felt so much for Lance's character was because of all the time we spent with him and his son uh, and their and their relationship and then it was heartbreaking when the son died and then all that kind of building up to Pumpkinhead was super cool. And so I'm not necessarily against it. I think that since they included all this character building and characterization and dialogue and getting to know these people, especially the father and son situation, I actually kind of enjoyed it. And I think it also goes to show that Stan Winston knew his movie because it's not about the actual creature. It's about the grief and the rage and the cycles of the grieving process. And so like, we don't need Pumpkinhead to be out like, ha ha, I'm bashing heads in left and right. Ha ha, I'm on the train now. Um, We need him, we need him to come in when he needs to come in. And he came at the perfect time because dude was like, I'm fucked up. Let's get some revenge. And he's like, I've seen what he can do and I don't want it. He, so he reminds me a lot of Eve from Eve's Bayou, which we've not talked about in a long time because we covered it like our first year. But like, there's that immediate need to do something, um, which is reactionary and knee jerk. And then like, after you have time to process it, you're like, oh no, no, I don't want it this way. I wanted it to be something else. It's not how I envisioned it. Because we all know we want revenge to look like, but we never get what we want. Mm-hmm. And I think that's interesting. And it's definitely something I'm fucking with and why I come back to this movie and movies like it. Yeah. It's definitely like careful what you wish for, careful the wish you make, because not every. I, I love that line from Into the Woods that it's uh, careful the, the wish you make, wishes come true, not free. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, that is very true you know it is it really is i looked up stan winston's resume to see which alien or aliens he did and the only one wikipedia is giving me is the second one but i feel like he did more than the second one i think he did the first one too 
I got IMDb pulled up. I'll see if it's got any contradictory uh, information. Because, like, he was working right up until he died. We've talked about his work Mm -hmm. before on this podcast because we've covered um, a lot of his movies because, again, he was everywhere. He was the Lance Hendricks of (laughs) creature designs and puppet making. Um, So he comes up a lot, and every time I'm just like, but, like, which thing am I looking for? He did Terminator 2, which would be funny if that's the one Lance did. I'm going to go see which one Lance did. Because if I'm putting him in a Terminator he was not in, I'm going to be real sad. <laughs> As I, went, I remember, I remember, I think it was the first one, but I'm going to scroll. Oh, he did the, the dinosaurs for Jurassic Park. He wasn't the first one. Okay, because I thought Lance was in the second one for a second, and that felt wrong. So Lance was in <laughs> Terminator 1. Done. Boom. Um, but he was in the first three aliens, which makes sense that him and Stan would be working together because, again, both are everywhere in the genre. Mm-hmm. And so I love that they got to work together multiple times. I, yeah, I'm only seeing aliens as on IMDb as well. So, why am I trying to put the first one on him? Like, I maybe I just want him to have everything nice. Maybe that's what it is. Well, in Aliens, it's when they got to really play with the care, the monster design. Like that's when you, that's when you see the mother, the the queen, or whatever you want to call the main boogeyman in that one. So it kind of makes sense that he would be on that one and not the first. I mean, even though it would make sense for him to be on any of them, but because uh, we got such iconic monster building into in Aliens. I mean, technically, the alien was the second uh, monster because we definitely had Vasquez, Red, Red, and Brownface. True. We found that out live <laughs> on my birthday, and I will never let it rest. Oh. <laughs> right. But yeah, he did Jurassic Park, Congo, Lake Placid. He was everywhere. Galaxy Quest, Jurassic Park 3, which is not my favorite, but Darkness Falls. He did the Tooth Fairy. He was everywhere. <laughs> like, again, I'm always telling people when we bring him up, Google him, because like, he was everywhere in our childhoods um, and was working pretty much right up until he died. I'm Let yeah. me go double check the math. I mean, I don't know when he died. He died in, in 2008. 2008. This is even saying, though, that he was uncredited for work helping out with Avatar in 2009 and Shutter Island in 2010. That could be not true, but that's really cool if he it's was. It's probably lucky. true because creature design isn't something you just like roll into the day before you start filming. And so right. he's probably out there getting sketches and source and shit. And when he, yeah. But right. like, he's definitely one of my favorite creature designers. <laughs> um, his resume is too much for me to remember all the details, obviously, because I definitely tried to put an alien on him. He didn't do. But whenever <laughs> we bring him up, because we've, we've covered so many movies. We've covered The Thing. We've covered, well, The Thing was on Patreon. So some of y'all might not know about that one. But you need to. You need to. Hold on. You need to. Right with your Lord. Um <laughs> <laughs> And I've dragged Edward Scissorhands because I don't like Timmy Burton, but like when I was a kid, I really loved that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the hands were gorgeous. The mood was gorgeous. Yeah. Ooh, the relic. We need to see something to cover the relic. We haven't done What Lies Beneath yet, and you know how I feel about that movie. <laughs> and Predator, even though he was uncredited in that one as well. But we knew he did that one. <laughs> oh. We always knew. We were like, hmm. <laughs> yeah like if we ever did like a creature designer month i would definitely put stan in that because again mm-hmm. like he did everything and i say this whenever we come up with some of his stuff um interview the vampire there 
Tank Girl, there. Congo, there. The Indiana Jones movie y'all are into, there. Um, <laughs> like, yeah. I'm looking at the movies that came out after he died, and it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. I so, mean, that's what, you, that's what you strive for, right? To do so much good that they're still creating your stuff after you're gone. Like, that's awesome. Like, just the... Just the drive and the hustle because again these are a lot of credits but none of them feel recycled or mm -hmm. like phoned in because i mean don't get me wrong i just said Pumpkinhead looks a little bit like the alien but again like there are two different monsters at the end of the day still yeah i mean in the sense that they both have arms and legs and they're lanky they have the giant <laughs> you know. head that i think cone head when i see it but like the way they move and the amount of lube used it's all different <laughs> yes. Agreed. Uh, yeah, I mean, the effects, the design, the look of this film is incredible. I mean, hands down, incredible. It makes me so happy. And again, like, I know that the main supposed kids were not the strongest actors, but like, I, I just also live off of somebody being like, I'm going to take what I do best. I'm going to make a movie. I'm going to attach a name of somebody I work with quite often and I know will fucking deliver for me. And we're going to see what happens. Yeah. And it was a success in my opinion. Yeah. Like, it's it's the kind of movie that I... I don't know. I don't know. I just know that I saw it as a child and I was like, horror movies can be cool. Because again, like, I was a franchise kid like all the other people because like, it's all generic Derek when you're a child. You're not in charge of the remote. Um, mm -hmm. and so I'm like, yeah, Freddie, yeah, Michael, yeah, Chucky. And this was the first one I didn't have a franchise when I watched my mother's VHS. Like, I'm sure it, the second one came out when I was a kid too, but I don't know the amount of time. And mm -hmm. I was like, you just like, you show up and you like murder some people who like piss you off. Yes. Um, <laughs> you can just do this. Yes. Um, so yeah, I... If I were ever given the money and the support to reboot something, I would reboot, Pump I would reboot Pumpkinhead. Um, I've said this on a couple of podcasts. Um, I don't know where out anymore, but I would definitely like do it. I would make, because we, we can't have Lance again at this age. Like he's still out there, but we, he's no longer this age. So I would go ahead and set it up for a black lady. Um, and I would put her somewhere, not a small town because we're not in small towns like this, obviously. Um, <laughs> True. Unless it's an all-black small town. Those ended up rosewooded. So, like... Yeah, fair, fair. That's why fair. we don't have them. Because whenever we get them, racist. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> and then, like, a hundred years later, we get, like, a nice footnote in, like, an HBO special. Or we get something with Ving Rams as the lead in a movie. But, like, we can't have our own towns, obviously. <laughs> but where was I going with that? But, yeah, I would make it a black woman, and I would have her get revenge for either her partner or her sister, because again, I'm not here to fill the Bechdel test. Um, <laughs> and I would let her feel her rage because we don't get to have a lot of rage as black women, which is why I go up for those movies where we do. It's why mm -hmm. I do think of Ease by You. And it's why I do go She Never Died. Um, I love when black women get to have rage, especially on screen, because we don't get to have it anywhere else in our lives. And when we do, we're told to shush and we're told we're being radioactive and we're overreacting. Um, yeah. As opposed to what have we fucking done to her while she's imploding this way. Yeah. Well, and like, it would be really cool because this one, I did enjoy part of this movie that was like 
very I I'm I'm gonna say southern, but I don't mean southern in the sense of like you you know what I mean. I, I just mean like very rural, very very um farmland, small when I say small, I don't mean like a small town of like six or seven hundred people. I mean a small town of like fifty. Like they ain't got a school. I was born and raised in Missouri. Um, so this feels like a lot of those small towns in Missouri where yes. I couldn't get out the car and we had to stop for gas when we took road trips. Same um, in Arkansas. Same in Arkansas. Same in Texas. Like you roll by the population sign, it's like population 60. And I'm like, Listen, the, the fuck? Same in Texas. Um, so I, really, I do appreciate that about this movie. And I do think that I like the, the comparison to an Eve's Bayou because it's a very similar kind of southern atmosphere of course it's different in these bio because it's very louisiana the bayou clearly it's in the title but <laughs> but it's still very like southern rich culture that kind of thing and that's why i think it's really cool i could see them both fucking to different degrees with southern gothic because again i don't know where this town is if it was something that was given to us i don't know remember so I just saw small towns in Missouri where, like, I didn't get the car. And even when I didn't get the car, my friend would get back in the car and be like, they asked who the colored girl was. We have to run. Um, <laughs> again, I, I I don't fuck with Missouri. I don't fuck with Texas because I tried and I failed. Yeah. <laughs> Same with Indiana. Like, we have sundown I'm... towns still today, y'all. And people act like that's not a thing. But they are they are out there. They are very it much out there. definitely still a thing. Even yeah. in Arkansas. And all the states you suspect. In all the states you suspect, all of them. <laughs> and it's some you don't. Listen, and oh, and and yes. <laughs> listen, racism's global. Like <laughs> truly, it's everywhere. Sadly. Racism like AT and T. It's everywhere you want to be. Like it's. <laughs> it's I, the place you don't want to be. <laughs> listen, it's everywhere. It's here. It's there. It's every fucking where. It's racism. Um. <laughs> um. I, I I just need to point out that this is like the ninth billion movie um, that is basically a commentary on white privilege fucking up everybody else's shit. Because again, these kids rode in with their alcoholic friend who's an asshole. And they're like, we're here with an asshole. So everybody else will just like account for his assholery and we won't have to check him ever. And he kills a kid. And instead of them being like, oh no, we need to shut him down. They're like, well, what do we do? Learn helplessness. Oh no, in groups we shrink. Like his girlfriend who he's abusing and trying to get in the fucking car and she's like, he can't go to jail. Fuck him. He should be in jail. Right. Accountability. Let's get on everybody. One size fits all. Like, <laughs> put some of it on tonight. Change your lives. Right, because I honestly don't feel, I feel like as people we don't really grow if there's no accountability, like there's no lesson learned, there's no, there's no growth. I mean, you can grow, I guess you can grow without doing the act in the first place, clearly. But like, if you do the act and there's no accountability, you're just going to do the act again. Exactly. Which is what happened here. Cause he said he's already in trouble for running over somebody else. Cause he was drunk driving. And so the fact that he's like, I'll just keep doing it. Cause I don't have consequences. I'm a white man in America. And his friends were just like, co-sign, co-sign. Again, you cannot be a good person if you're out here hanging out with people who are awful. And that, that's a narrative people keep trying to paint for themselves. I don't know why and where. Like, if I'm hanging out here with a serial killer, I'm enabling the serial killer, if I know. If you know. Yeah, yeah. 
No, you can't be like, well, he kills people every night, but like during the day, he's really nice to me. Right. That's how some people sound, literally. They're just like, I know he does this thing, but like, it, I don't do that thing. And it's like, mm. it's like, it's like to go back to Promising Young Woman, which we've not talked about in a while too. I'm just going through all our greatest hits now. But right. <laughs> to go back to Promising Young Woman, um, her boyfriend, when the tape resurfaced, that he was there in the room when that shit went down and he was just laughing. And then he was like, I didn't even do anything. And it's like, exactly, you didn't do anything. You saw somebody being harmed, harmed, and you were like, I'm a good guy because my hands are clean. Your hands are not clean if you're in a room when it goes down. Your hands are not clean if you know a friend who's doing that kind of shit. And right. so these kids, again, they got what they got, and I hope they burn in hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. I mean, yeah, I did, and I think that the script does a good job at not giving you uh, there's no redeemable really, like, thing about the kids. I mean, they're not, they're not all, they're very dynamic. There's different things about each of them. They're not like flat, which would be really boring, but there's nothing to say. Like, there's no sob story of like, oh, my mother has cancer. And so I, you know, they don't try to make you feel bad for them. No. And I appreciate that. Like my only note is that they do make the kid who ran him over, Seems like he wants to redeem himself before they kill him. I'm like, no, just kill him. Just kill him. Because I don't care. He murdered a little boy and then hit about it while the little boy died. Kill him. Kill him now. Pumpkin hit. Snatch him. Yeah. There's also not a lot of remorse in that moment from really... Maybe some of the girls have some remorse for it, but like the dude who actually killed the kid is just like, gotta get out. Gotta go. Bye. Again, all these kids deserve what they fucking got and some of them deserve even worse. These women are complicit Lindas because, again, we see white women all the time letting white men do whatever the fuck they want. And they're like, I'm innocent because I didn't do it or say it. And we we see how they weaponize that complicity every day throughout history. Um, Again, how many white women voted for 45? Too many. (laughs) And then they turn around and be like, I'm a feminist. You ain't, bitch. You just voted in a serial rapist. <laughs> you voted in somebody who's fucking racist. Um, I you can't you can't have it both ways. Either you're a good person or you're owning your Linda privileges. Um, if you want your Linda privileges, just say that and sit down. Don't be like I'm a good person. I just I just mm. um, and then turn around and, and then cry when you upset black people to try and make them feel bad for you because again the weapons don't work anymore. We have history on history on history on history. <laughs> Um, reminding us how complicit Linda's are also to blame. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, again, they were yeah. like, oh, no, he did this awful thing. Let us not actually do anything. Let us run here. Oh, no, he put me in a closet. When I get out of here, it hits its balls. But, like, you're not actively trying to, like, save this kid or, like, get out of the closet. Like, you're just, <laughs> you're just like, oh, well, wonk, wonk. You know it is Tuesdays. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. They all got what they deserved. I wanted more blood. Um. I was like Pumpkinhead. I will say a lot of the deaths there weren't. There wasn't a lot of gore in the deaths, and I kind of wanted. More I that. wanted gore, but also the kills were creative. Cause like you open your door, Pumpkinhead snatch you up on the fucking roof. Pumpkinhead throwing body pieces around. Like I throw around pasta when I get into it. Like. <laughs> 
I'm here yes. for the sheer carnage that is Pumpkinhead, and I a little bit of blood would it like made it a little bit better, but also Stan is a creature. Stan was a creature person, and yes. so like he's gonna go hard in the pain on the creature and let the gore and the blood be secondary. And that's fair. That is his thing, and I respect. Listen, that if sure. you know what you're great at, do that because you can't be good at everything. Cause like those restaurants that are like, we make Chinese food, we make Indian food, we make Southern food, we make seafood. I'm like, but which one are you right. good at? <laughs> which one are you good right. at? What, what? Yeah. What right? do I want? Because I know we right. in bumfuck Texas. You is not good at all these cuisines. <laughs> right. Right. I find these weird small towns fascinating because we see so many of them in horror movies. And I know I can never investigate them as a black woman, but I do think that there's something to be said for these random pockets where there's like 50 white people just living their best white life. And they seem okay with the kids not going to school because they're forming and just sort of making the next generation do what they do which I think is a choice as opposed to being like, what do you want? But also again, like if you come from generations of impoverished people who don't get to dream, then of course you don't think your kids can dream. And so you're just like, work this hoe, bitch. You don't need an education. Cause we have kids. None of these kids seem to have a school. No, there is no, there does not seem to be a school in this community. And I agree though. I think that there's something really interesting in communities that are, not a part of the whole. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Like a community that is separated from the major culture of the type. Like, I think it'd be really fun to do a horror film in an Amish community. That would be I know there's been a couple of thrillers, but I don't know if there's been an actual horror movie. I have a new goal is to see if there is one. <laughs> if you do, let me know. Because yeah, it's like this different whole different kind of way of life that even though like the way of lives of different communities across the country is mm -hmm. is vastly different like chicago is different than <laughs> kansas city and new york is different than la and you know like it's all very specific but even that when they're so uh homogeneous and and there isn't a lot of uh, communication to the outside world that's fascinating. Terrifying, too, because shit could happen and you can't do shit. And about it's part it. of the reason why so many of those places get the bad rep of being like behind in the times. And it's because, like, mm -hmm. if you, if the kids can't connect to other kids who are like not living in these bubbles, then they don't know the things, they don't know the words. Like, I remember when I was in school in Warrensburg, like the year I had to live in the dorm. Like, I remember there was a white kid just, like, fucking mm. <laughs> Chuck Norris <laughs> and walked into the ranger. And he was sitting at the table with us. And we were all trying to be cool because, again, I'm the only black person because Warrensburg. Um, but, like, the other kids right. were, like, from cities or at least, like, places that were not such a farm community. And so, like, one time the right. kid was, like, well, colored. And I was, like, ooh, no, we don't say that anymore. And we're trying to keep it moving. And he's, like, my grandma says it. And, like, the rest of the table, all white kids but me, we're just like, nobody says that anymore. And he's like, my grandma says it. And he got really fucking upset. And again, it's because like, he's probably the first kid from his family to go to college. But now his family's raised a mm -hmm. racist because they've been racist this whole time. And they don't know any better. 
Yeah. And so when right. he's hit with that might not be okay, he has the white man nailed down as opposed to being like, oh. Or, hey, fuck, I'm sorry. I it's won't say that it again. simple. We didn't need a monologue, but I gave one because well, I'm not going to be called colored over a sad omelet. Like, I just. <laughs> that was not my energy. <laughs> <laughs> I remember those omelets. omelets. <laughs> <laughs> the hungover omelets I had. Those cafeterias. If David Lavoe ever listened to this podcast, <laughs> the amount of omelets he gave somebody hungover upperclassmen. Um. <laughs> yes. Oh, so true. So true. But yeah, no, like. When you, it's almost like, you know, because social media, I think when you're plugged in so much, we do kind of get in these silos of singular thought a lot because of the algorithms and all that stuff, unless you actively try to push yourself out of it. But that's like an algorithm in real life. Like, that's not just like an algorithm on Facebook, that's an algorithm in your neighbor's neighborhood, whole town community your world your entire yeah. world and like because it's a farm town of maybe 70 people max and that's being generous like they're not taking vacations they have to like fucking like farm the chickens and do whatever you do at a farm i don't know about because i'm not farm, an outdoor girl um, <laughs> you gotta farm, farm the chickens. chickens martha did you farm, you farm the chickens, chickens yet? um <laughs> i i don't know if you do chickens or farms but like because that's all you know. And I, I. That's gotta be the name of this episode. Farm the chickens. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but like, it gets to be all you know. And you, you, your family falls into that trap of you're born, you work, you die. You're born, you work, you die. And again, nobody thinks, ooh, could I do better? Or ooh, what are people talking about outside? Like, I, the amount of times I've had to like live in a place that is just not made for Black people for education or job purposes is a lot. <laughs> a lot, a lot. Warrensburg, Lubbock, um, Bloomington, Indiana. Um, <laughs> um, and like going into these towns, specifically Bloomington, Indiana, that one fucked me up the most. Because I'm like, these are theater professionals. They're all adults. I'm on that side of the table now. And it's going to be different. But they've buried themselves in this like small town that's very fucking racist. Like, to the point of a hate crime happened my first weekend in town. They tried to hang a black man. And nobody wanted to arrest the kid. I'm sorry. The grown-ass men who did it. But even though they knew where they were in their name. People on Facebook were like, oh, no, that's blah, blah, and blah, blah. They work over there at the blah, blahs on Maine. And the DA was like, can't do it. Because this is Bloomington, Indiana. We like it racist. And so... <laughs> That's the pocket I moved into. And I'm like, okay, but the theater department's going to be different-ish, right? No, no. Me and my few friends I made there, <laughs> most of which have been on this podcast. <laughs> the other one doesn't do horror movies. <laughs> um, um, the few, aside from the few friends I made there, it was this town of theater freshers who's given up. They don't, they don't keep up with the times. They don't keep up with the conversations. And so they're just like, we can say anywhere we want to these brown and black kids. Because that's the way it was when we were in students. It's like, no, you can't, Judy. And they're just like, we don't understand this color blind casting thing. And it's like, that's even behind. So you're, you're suffering behind. You're still saying that. Stop. Stop. Right. And when you try and educate them, they get really fucking mad at you. And they don't want to hear it. Or they say, okay, yeah, because I'm doing the work. I'm a good ally now. Wink, wink. And then they're going to do it again. And they're like, why are the kids crying? And it's like, because you did it again, Judy. And so when I finally quit, which was not even a full year into the job, 
I told my boss, I can't, I'm tired of explaining empathy to older people than me. I just can't do it anymore. Um, the circular arguments, yeah. the circular conversations, I, I give them a note because kids are getting or crying. Um, and I'm like, well, what happened was they're right. offended because of this. Why did I do that again in the next week with a different mm -hmm. wig? And I'm just like, it's the same thing. You see, you're doing the same thing over and over and over, right? And you're saying the same kids over and over and over, right? And me having to expend this energy and labor to tell you it's wrong over and over and over again is not right. You get this, right? And they just, no, can't do it. White privilege. No. Um, yeah. So yeah, small towns, again, I find these and these horror movies interesting. And I think there's a reason so many filmmakers reached and still reach for these pockets where they can have an exclusive all-white small cast of close-knit people. Um, and I, I want to unpack it, but again, I will not be doing on the ground research because I've, I've done my time in small towns. <laughs> yes, you Listen. paid your dues. All right. Are we ready for hot takes? Yeah, let's get spicy. Let's get, mine's pretty spicy. I'm excited to see if anyone has thoughts about I just read takes. it and I'm here for it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, anyway, facts are facts. <laughs> Sorry. Um, aside from the dog's name, I have no notes because the G word should have been gone way before that. But Uncle Steven was still using it afterwards. And so like, where's the line yet again? Aside from the dog's name, I have no notes. This is also one of the very, very few horror movies with an all white cast that makes sense. Because again, the way these supposed kids were behaving is not something black and brown people can do. We don't have these kind of privileges. We do not get to go so fucking far unchecked that we could be awful people out in public if we wanted to be awful people, which again is a privilege we don't get to have. <laughs> um, don't get me wrong, there's a few of us out there. Um, but like most of the, most of those few have a lot of fucking money and they've forgotten who the fuck they are, where the fuck they came from. Okay. Um, <laughs> listen, listen, at the time of this recording, Jonathan Major's lawyers have even turned against him and they put out some text messages from the girlfriend that are not helping his case. Um, like that lawyer... I'm not saying that, to but you he's a little too close to his character I, in a... That's what I said. He's a tick. Um, his, literally, his lawyer was like, here are some receipts that'll clear his name. And I was like, you know this are gonna clear his name. Just say you believe women. Just say you believe women. Don't do all this and be like, oh, I'm bad at my job. Don't lie to us. Look. Because <laughs> um, if people Ooh. doubted it, which they shouldn't have, but they do because they hate women, the lawyer's text messages that they shared definitely are just like, nah, he really did that shit. <laughs> um, it's not funny. I'm just fucking tired. I went off this rock. I, but back to my, back to this hot take I was in before my other hot takes. <laughs> Again, this is not the kind of place that we get to like thrive in. <laughs> and so this is one of the very few horror movies where I'm not like, you needed more black and brown people. I'm just like, that scans. Carry on, Mr. Winston. Um, <laughs> And I, I think I've said that for maybe all of the, maybe two or three other movies we've covered in this podcast. And we're over 200 episodes now. We are way over 200 because we're always ahead. Boom. Boom. I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, my hot take, this is, this film has more franchise potential than Friday the 13th. I'm not, okay. Before the internet comes to my DMs, I will agree. I think that Friday the 13th has some higher peaks in the films that it has. But at some point, the, the concept of Friday the 13th 
becomes really unbelievable. Whereas, because, you know, you've got how many times we're going to bring Jason back to life and how many different ways and how many, you know, and it becomes camp. And I enjoy that some of the camp of it. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I dislike Friday the 13th of the franchise, even though it's it's not my favorite franchise. Um, it's not my least favorite, though, either. <laughs> I, I, you know my least favorite franchise. I think we have anyway, the same least uh, favorite because that person should have been in jail uh, when he made the movie. Oh. Boop, 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 boop. Um, <laughs> but I just think that the idea of this pumpkin demon thing that you can raise that bring that that will will go after your justice essentially or whatever you know your revenge can be redone can be told in different perspectives can could have um one of the pumpkin heads could be an all black cast one of the pumpkin heads could be an all queer cast one of the pumpkin i mean like it's a universal idea that could be rehashed in a bunch of different ways to find a really interesting franchise that I think just Friday the 13th and even probably like a Halloween don't really have that same ability. I, I'm going to actually agree with your hot take for the first time in our history. <laughs> I too, <if laughs> looking at the first Friday the 13th and the first pumpkin head, the first pumpkin head kicks her ass. And I, I love a lady serial killer. I'm here for Mrs. Voorhees, but the movie itself, we have fun with her, but, <laughs> but that first movie, but, <laughs> and again, I don't know where these sequels go. I've only seen the second one once as a child. I don't think it was this good. I'm pretty sure it's not this good. Uh, I don't know the other two and they're probably not good. And so maybe Jason gets the upper hand eventually. Cause like, the second Friday the 13th was really good. We covered it with Josh Conkle, and we all agreed. It was like a Fellini film compared to the rest of the franchise. Oh, yeah. I mean, I will say, I do. I disagree about the first Friday the 13th and this one This one being so much better. I, I, they're kind of, I don't know. I love a slasher, so. I do, too. It, but, like, that script was messy. This script has a straightforward story I can follow. I'm not trying to fill in some blanks. Oh. <laughs> and that's fair. I... Yeah, I don't know. I go back and forth on that, so I'm not... But I will say, this movie compared to, like, Friday 3? Girl. Friday, Jason Takes Manhattan? What's not better than that? Jason Goes to Hell? Listen, <laughs> I made a meal tonight that is better than Jason Takes Manhattan, and I can't cook. <laughs> um. <laughs> so... I just think that there's more potential for a better franchise. Now, I'm not saying that all the movies that they've already made in this franchise are better, because like you said, I have only seen this movie, and I doubt they put the same budget that they did for Friday for a Friday the 13th film to a Pumpkinhead film. They probably absolutely did not. So I mean, them sequels um, were looking like they were they were needing some cash. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you've visited them in a minute. That's fair. I don't know. I'd be interested to see what what I, I we'll see. Anyway, I just think that if you if you had given the same kind of attention and press and money and all that to a pumpkin head that you did to Friday the 13th, it would have been a better franchise. It's one of those things where, unfortunately, the movie that gets the cult following isn't the movie that anybody was banking on. Or it doesn't feel that way. Because, again, I'm not going back to do the research to be like, what studio said what? What studio gave a shit? 
um, that's not this podcast. This is a drinking podcast. Um, that's our right. research. We watch the movie and we drink. And so, like, maybe I'm fucked up. And y'all gonna be like, nah, they did a whole press tour and it went bonkers, bitch, and you fucked up. And that's your right. Like, do it respectfully, otherwise I'll block you. But, like... <laughs> it ain't that big a deal, y'all. It ain't. It's not that deep. We got real problems out here. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. But I do think that it, it's like high school. Even though I didn't go to high school... But the popular kids almost never do well outside of high school. And that's why they're always like, in high school, this was this way and I was amazing. And then they're sad. Whereas the kids that got bullied and the kids that had to like hide to do their art and shit are thriving because they're going to bloom afterwards. Um, the mm. same with people I went to school with who that's their glory years was college. You get them together they talk about college and I'm just like, trauma space, bye. And there's like college, 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 college. I'm like, but what are you doing now? And it's been so long. Who are you now? College, college, college. Um, and so again, like that's, I think that's part of the reason why so many horror fans have these like random cult films that we go the fuck up for because these cult films are the outsiders in a genre of outsiders. <laughs> um, and we are all outsiders, even, even like, Random dandum Chad, who I will drag every day always, or Kenny. I moved to Kenny's because I grown. Um, these random Kenny's who are out here who are like, horror is always my thing because I'm a white man and I get to do what I want. I get to say what I want and I have privilege. Man spreading, man spreading. Um, even that bastard is an outsider, but we can't have him set with us because he knows why. Right. <laughs> He's an outsider, but does he know how to farm chickens? He don't farm chickens. What's a skill? He don't farm chickens, and he doesn't want children in nature. So what you good at, Kenny? What you good at? <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, that's our thoughts on Pumpkinhead. Next week, we'll be covering Poltergeist 2. That's right, because we love the 80s, but I don't love that movie, so I won't be here. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that old man. I can't wait. We're going to have a special guest, y'all, but I'm not going to tell you who it is. Gotta tune in. Um, I want to take that special guest because this bitch is getting a Tuesday night off for the first time <laughs> all year. Look. For the first time in forever. Sorry, I don't want to pay Disney any royalties. It's been so eighty-four so. long years. <laughs> all right, y'all. But yes, so thank you all for listening, and as always, make sure that you stay fierce out there. Bye.